You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. Welcome to the Work For It podcast. I am super excited to be here because we have the one, the only, Benjamin Butler back in the freaking house. Right now Yo. we're without we're without Brian House. Sadly, he is you know working like the Santa's elves, busting his butt to make sure that everybody gets what he needs because he's got a lot of orders to get out of the shop. That's just fine. So Ben and I are gonna take the the helm, try to steer this ship, and yeah, we're having a good time. So hell Ben, yeah. how the hell are you? It's been a minute, dude. I'm good. This is uh, impressive. I'll tell you what. I I, I come back to a like full-blown professional studio podcast here with intro music playing while we do the intro and uh yeah this is impressive you guys are stepping it up dude i'm loving this roadcaster pro i um i kind of mess it up for the (laughs) for those of you who are listening to the last episode um i was mixing a few things wrong on my end and basically what ended up happening is my track and the other three gentlemen that were with me the art of craftsmanship boys and of course brian house basically Mm -hmm. it all went onto one track on the roadcaster pro because i set it up wrong who would have guessed yeah. And so well, when it went into the system, it was the three or the four tracks on my one track, and then each of them yeah. had their own individual. So now I've got it set up. I figured it out, and I think I'm good to go. Maybe this will sound like crap, but who knows? We'll see, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell yeah, man. you, man. You know, it's it's not like um, it's not like we all often have a lot of time to test things and play with things and 
you know, we're kind of, I think all three of us, you and I and, and Brian are just kind of, let's see how it works. Give it a try, you know? So Yeah, man. And especially this road, this roadcaster showed up on my doorstep like the day before the podcast. So man. like I had, I had a couple hours to play with it and then it was showtime and we didn't test yeah. it out and we showed up, but you know. So a roadcaster for, I'm fairly ignorant, but that includes um, mixing, right? You can mix the sound to level out volumes and pitches and all that stuff. But does it? Yeah, also for example, like here I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk at the exact same frequency, and all of a sudden my voice is just gonna start going away, and then I'm just gonna go ahead and come oh, on back. Isn't that kind of cool? The yeah, fade. I like it. Yeah. Now, so what I- about sound effects? Like, can you make me fart, burp? <laughs> Not Tell bad burp. dad jokes. <laughs> you know, drum roll. No, not drum roll, but we got the. Nice. Now, did you record that and put it in, or that's just sort of a, a default sound? A no, that's sound. just one of the default sounds. Um, and honestly, nice. I made a mistake there when I first tried to play it. I had all the the fader all the way down, so you know, I'm, yeah, I'm still learning. I'm go. still learning. And well, of course, there's applause. There's laughter, yeah, some harps, you know, all the fun stuff. It's awesome, you know. Brian and I, uh, I've so as of the, I would say just a couple episodes before the Thanksgiving episode, I'll have been doing the show for a year. Holy cow! I know. Isn't that crazy? Blows my mind, right? But um. You know, it's an interesting thing if you lift, I think if most folks could lift the curtain and see behind the scenes, uh, they'd almost be surprised how little we collaborate on the show itself, to an extent, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think in some ways, I don't know, I, Brian and I never spoke about it early on, and, and I was taken by it initially because it was like, man, you know, I don't chat with Brian that much unless I'm on the show. And then I started thinking, but that's kind of a good thing, right? Right, because, because if we talked, getting, right, and yeah. also like you and I have had phone conversations. Like one time, right. I was, I think I was picking up Emily because there's something going on, and yeah, we yeah. sat down, and I had a conversation with you for like an hour and a half, and I was like, oh my I god, know. this would have been a great podcast. Oh yeah. shoot! If we talked more, <laughs> that's all we would do is talk to each other. I think, right? And yeah. I think it's cool too because. Um, 99% of the time folks are going to get our initial reaction to whatever news each of us shares, right? It's not, um, it's, you're not having to put on a false face for something <laughs> you already know about, you know, like when Brian's right. shop caught on fire, we no idea that, until like, it happened, a, right? A minute. Yeah. Maybe a minute before or like as we were logging in or something. So we kind of got right got that reaction but it's kind of cool and yeah i you guys i i want to start by saying both you and brian have done such a phenomenal job i know i've been absent a fair bit and unable to sort of pull the weight that i would like to but man you guys are just kicking ass and it's i enjoy listening to it as much as i enjoy creating it (laughs) and that's really really fun to see yeah, man, and um, be part of it. Obviously, we missed you. It's it's always a better podcast when Benjamin, the one and only Ben Benjamin Butler, <laughs> is a part of the podcast. But um, yeah. you know, you know, hey, we we had to do what we had to do. Hey, so do you yeah. want to start talking about a- what it is that 
kept you away yeah. from the podcast? It's been a whirlwind, man. So, um, let's see. So most folks, if you're a listener of the show, <clears throat> you will know that I've been pursuing, um, basically getting a stem cell transplant for my Crohn's disease. That all started way the hell back in like April, March, April of this year. Um, and through a number of twist turns and roadblocks, uh, basically I found myself uh, about two or three weeks before Thanksgiving with uh, the green, a green light or, you know, a series of green lights showing up indicating that, hey, things are looking pretty good right now. We think with your health and everything else that we could start uh, the process of a stem cell transplant in like Jan or in like December, you know, mid December. Okay. All right. So we hatched a plan um, and decided that we would all come back, my wife and the two boys, and that we would just all come back for Thanksgiving. Uh, spend Thanksgiving with both of our families live in the same town. I'm here in Pennsylvania right now. And both of our families basically live more or less in the same town. My parents are about a half an hour into the woods, but Christy's parents are in town. And so we decided, let's go back. We'll all celebrate Turkey Day, be, have a nice, you know, family time. Uh, Jack, our oldest son, is 11, and he was chomping at the bit to go deer hunting. Oh, cool, so cool. That's fun. I said, this is perfect. You know, we'll go back, eat some turkey, see some friends and family, the boys and I can, you know, spend, uh, spend a couple days at deer camp and we could hunt, uh, at the camp I grew up in and then also go, uh, up to Christie's dad's place. He has a camp and a crew that comes in for hunting. And so everything was going great. Uh, day one opening day of deer season, Jack and I, uh, found our way up into a blind that he and Papa had set up and, froze our asses off looking for deer in the woods and uh, <laughs> been there, didn't been see, there. man, we didn't see a flipping brown spot oh, in the no. woods. We man. hunted our asses off the first day. We probably put on about four miles walking around oh, boy. and I'll tell you, I, Oh, so you're, you're not up in a blind. You're like actually walking and, you know, trying well, to do... yeah. So we started the morning in a blind. Um, okay. I kind of grew up mostly still hunting a lot. You know, mm -hmm. my my old man and I, we could sit for about an hour and then get itchy feet, you know. Yeah. And uh it kind of kind of a neat setup because the area that we hunt is basically my backyard as a as a kid, right? So nice. we Very had nice. we have 50 acres and then it's surrounded by on one side it's state forest. And then on the other side, it's what's called state game lands. Pennsylvania has, uh, the game commission has bought land, purchased land, and set it aside with the sole purpose of keeping it open for hunting. So <clears throat> basically, you know, you could, you could put on a backpack and hike all day and not run into any kind of a civilization. You know, it's kind of sure. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah teaching Jack some of the old spots that I shot deer and just kind of showing him the ropes. It was <laughs> honestly, it was incredible. 
I, yeah, what some of my some of my some of my best memories growing up was you know sitting out in a blind with either my fr- father or my grandpa, and like yeah, <laughs> you learn very quickly. Just... We we did all blind hunting. We we were never down okay. you know stalking at all, but um, yeah. you learn very quickly. You know you're up there and like it's an all yeah. day thing, and you learn how right. to you know have conversations without speaking more than like a couple decibel. And yep, you learn yep. how to just, you know, sit still and not make a sound for hours on end. Yeah. And just yeah. enjoying the nature, enjoying, you know, yes, it sucks. It's cold. And, like, you're out in the yep. cold. It It's not fun. But, like, you learn to, you know, suck it up and suffer because just yep. because there's might be, you know, a deer coming by in a couple hours and you never know. Right. You've got to find some, some kind of inner peace, you know. Right. Or, yeah. And that's really create, hard for a little 10-year-old kid yeah, when I was out there or doing like, it. Or <laughs> like uh, create your own internal conflict so you have something to play out in your head anyway, you know. And I, right. I can remember uh, one one time, well, I can remember several different times hunting when I was younger. So balls-ass cold, right? And I can remember just, just thinking to myself, let me shoot a freaking deer so I can cut it open and warm up my fucking hands. <laughs> 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 wow. uh, but it was really cool so we we didn't see anything that first day and then uh it was right about four o'clock and jack and i had just made it back to camp uh uncle goose had shot a pretty nice eight point and they had that nice. strung up they were starting to skin it and then we heard like two or three shots you know up on the hillside like boom boom and then we heard a couple more down uh, sort of in this hollow where our actual spring, our water supply is for our house. Mm-hmm. We heard a couple shots over there. Well, a couple summers ago, we uh, we built this little trapper cabin, this card shack way up okay. in the woods on the now, edge of our before property. we go on, what, what exactly is a card shack or a trapper Just cabin? Just a little cabin. Imagine like a kid's treehouse, basically, on the ground. So basically what my shop looks like. Yeah, basically <laughs> like a uh, maybe maybe an eight by eight structure. Okay, cool, um, cool. We built it out of um, railroad ties on the bottom. So you lay down these big beefy, you know, eight inch by eight inch or ten by ten railroad ties. And All right. uh, then from some of the powder metal plants in town, guys get these big pallets, but they're not mm-hmm. really like shipping pallets. They're more like picture, like picket fence kind of, oh. you know, Interesting. and they've got rough cut full two inch by four inch, two by fours as stringers going across them. Sounds so, like good, good and cheap materials. Yeah. One of the guys uh, who, you know, a longtime family friend and one of the crew from camp, Scotty is his name. And Scotty has come up with this method for building these shacks out of these, uh, out of these pallets. And he's, he's figured out a way where he could make as big or as small of a shack as you want, you know, just using these, all just using these pallets. So we drug a bunch of this shit up into the woods, right on the property line, basically mm-hmm. on the one side. And it sits in sort of prime deer hunting habitat you know it's nice like a really nice lookout so uh, we built that a couple years ago in the summer and the boys and i went back to boise and it was purely pretty rough you know we'd just finished the structure barely gotten it up 
they were going to put some tin on the roof and uh well now they've got a little pot belly stove in there they've Ooh. got a card table <laughs> they've got four or five chairs they buried a cooler in the ground There's oh my goodness come on <laughs> that's like, hardly even rough in it yeah at that they point. put three windows in it you know and, uh, <laughs> so it turns out these shots we heard went from uh, a hunter shed to a hunter resort yeah these shots we heard uh Another guy from our crew, Crop, was sitting in the card shack. Okay. And when the first, and then the other guy, Pat, was sitting over on the hillside. Well, when Pat shot, he got one of the deer, but the deer beelined right towards Crop, right? So okay. Crop's sitting in the card shack, and he all of a sudden he sees this string of like six deer running across. So, oh boy. He picked one off from that that group as well so we had two on deer the on run the on a dead sprint that that is <laughs> yeah. impressive right there he crops a hell of a shot he's impressive yeah. but so we had two deer on the ground so next thing we're all down at camp and we hear on the radio you know like our the camp is called rocky top okay so we hear rocky top we need a pickup at the card shack and the point so, hey. so we all jump in <laughs> emphasis the on that and, and, <laughs> yeah, and the point so we jumped in the side by side and and uh, the, the ranger we got a my old man's got a four seat ranger i think it's a polaris ranger right and uh so away we go like a whole crew of us there's like eight of us hanging off of this damn atv go flying up the hill to where pat was first and uh, so then it was like, all right, well, some guys have to get out here and help Pat with his deer. You know, he's got to right, gut it right. and, and uh, drag it down to camp. Well, everybody rolls out. And as and so Jack rolls out with that whole crew. And as I'm getting in the ranger, I hear my old man say, hey, does anybody have a freaking knife? Uh Oh, and all and Jack goes, I've got my knife. And he's the only one out of this whole crew of grown-ups and, you know, other kids and everybody else that has a damn knife. And he's like, I'll gut the deer. There we and, go. And I, and I go, Jack, you've never gutted a deer in your life. <laughs> and Scotty goes, well, I'll show him how. So away they went. So now, how old is I Jack? wasn't there. Jack's how old 11. is Jack? Oh, my Jack's goodness. Jack's either going to be an axe murderer or a <laughs> 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 We learned that much. Or one hell of a Bushman because, like, you know, let's yeah, let's put, you know, some middle ground in there. Holy Man, cow. That's what, hilarious. Scotty, Scotty was laughing. The ball's on Jack. Like, Good job, he's Jack. Like, that kid not nothing bothered him he's like he there we go all the way into that deer up to his freaking elbows and was pulling out the guts and everything else but so then anyway we went over help crop get the other deer and then we all met back at camp and then it got real good <laughs> dude when i was jack's age that was when i shot my only two deer and um, right it luckily you know I, I i sat with my my dad and my grandpa ever since i was old enough to get up in the stand and, yep. you know, as many, many years of sitting out in the cold and waiting and yeah. not seeing anything. And then, you know, when a deer did come by, you know, it wasn't me pulling the trigger because I was too little and all that yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. but it's still you just know, being with, out there, right? Yes. But with the youth hunt, you know, I was able to basically go out there and luckily, you know, pretty quickly, one after the other, I got an eight point and a seven point. And, Damn, um, that's nice. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. And it's like, you know, how lucky can you get? And then, yep. um, 
you know, at that point, I, I got down and I was, you know, grandpa was, okay, we're going to clean it and we're going to do it. And yeah. I, I went to do it and, you know, I, I was too squeamish. I was too little. It's, I'll tell you, it's, and, and in fact, Christy's dad has mentioned that several times and he was a little apprehensive at first when, when we talked about Jack coming back and hunting and everything, you know, and particularly, particularly about like the gutting and the skinning and all of that, you know, right? he said, I have seen a lot of young kids that get really turned off to the whole thing because <laughs> of that whole experience. Yeah. And all along I kept saying, yeah, I could see that. I, I don't think Jack's going to be that way, but nope, I not totally Jack. <laughs> oh man, we got, sounds like it's right down. in his blood. Holy cow. Holy Dang. Lord, dude. We got those deer down to camp and, um, we have a, uh, like a skinning, pole that we use that's like a beam that comes off of the porch and then we've got a block and tackle up there and then a, a little uh, uh, a-frame metal you know with two hooks on either side so basically the shape of an a but the ta- the bottom tails of the a have little hooks so you can basically hook the deer's hind legs onto that a-frame and then start skinning it down right all right but to get to get it up there you've got a You've got to start with a, a hind leg and sort mm-hmm. of cut cut the skin away and pull it yep. down enough to where you can get into that tendon, you know, like right. your Achilles uh, right. tendon. So you hang it between the, the bone and the tendon. Well, Jack, a couple of his cousins were there and they're like, come on, Jack, let's go play. And Jack looks at him and he goes, are you kidding? I'm skinning deer. <laughs> so he jumped right down off the porch. Jack's wait, hold hand. on. Jack's voice, you know, he he started the day with the high, you know, yep. the boy's voice and by the time the yep. kids came like, "Come like, on, Jack, let's go play." <laughs> no, man, I'm I'm skinning yeah. deer. I'm a man. Fuck you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but he jumped right in, man. He started cutting down, you know, just it was all like watching him was like it was almost like like uh watching an old movie of yourself you know Holy it's cow. so strange i mean i grew up you know in in the woods obviously you know like i described before we were we were this island surrounded by you know state owned public land basically and uh spent every moment i could either hunting something or trapping something or shooting mm-hmm. at something or hiking to look at something or you know whatever it's just a total hillbilly redneck kid nothing wrong with that that opportunity was just i don't know it was so it it was a lot more um meaningful or a lot you know it was a lot more um sentimental to me than i ever thought it would be you know that's Um, so cool that is just spending the day with him just he and i basically just cruising around you know i mean basically all the old spots that i've forgotten about and i'd come around one corner to see like holy hell this has changed you know like the trees Mm -hmm. are this used to be dog hair thick through here this used to be Mm -hmm. that way or the other way or they cut a bunch of trees out of here so just really you know kind of showing him the ropes and letting him experience you know all there was about the the whole thing and he got to see and do just about all of it except awesome, for pull man. the trigger, you know, which oh, okay. I said all along when we started, I said, 
I, in a lot of ways, I hope he doesn't shoot a deer this year, you know, just because mm-hmm. you, it's better to get all that experience in. I mean, I, I walked around, like you said, with my old man and other guys from camp for several years mm-hmm. before I was able to carry a gun even. And then, like you said, you do the hunting with your old man, you have to be accompanied. And then I think it was when I was 12, I think, or maybe 16. I don't remember where you could actually, if I hunt remember alone. correctly up here in Michigan, no, I don't think, shoot, maybe youth hunt was right around 11 or 12. And then you could go out your own. I yeah. Think at 14 I think it was or 16. 12. I'm not sure. It's, <laughs> but Michigan and Pennsylvania seem so similar, similar in terms of yeah. like a, the, the love of deer hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it it's like life for some folks here. We used to get and the honestly, first two there's, days of deer season so off from school. Oh, dude, I can go into that for a minute. So yeah. the the white tail are so thick up here, like they are a pest mm-hmm. to crop. So like they need to be thinned out, or they'll like, I mean, they yeah. will overrun crops. They'll they'll eat them. Right? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But talking about you said you used to get the first two days off of school. Yeah, that is exactly the same way it was with my small town. Like I I grew up in a very small, you know, couple thousand. There's literally more more cows than there are people. Right. And um, so we did we would always get either the first day or the first two days off. Well, I remember I can't remember if it was my sophomore or my junior year in, in high school. But they, they, somebody got a wild hair up their ass, and they decided that they're not going to do the first day off of school. And, like, oh. we, I, I was one of the ones that had to, like, I showed up because I had, I forget what it was. Like, there was a jazz band thing, and I had to, like, oh, go yeah. go practice my solar. Some, some nerdy ass shit. Don't worry about me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but literally, it. there were so few people. We didn't have enough people to, like, you have to have a certain quorum of, right. of yeah. attendance. And we didn't have enough people, so they had to send nice. us home after a couple hours. Oh, and it was that's more of awesome. a hassle because then the buses had to come back and get right. people. And like people are like stranded at the school because their parents are at work and they <laughs> live a couple miles away and like people are giving that's people rides hilarious. and dude, it was a mess. <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah, we would get well, I know we would get the first two days of buck season uh off because buck buck season here used to run for like two weeks and then doe season was like three days or something. And All right. we'd always get like the first two days of buck. And then I think one, the first day of doe season basically. Um, and, and everybody back here, not, well, not everybody obviously, but the vast majority of people hunt out of a camp, you know? So somebody owns property somewhere in the woods and uh, kind of a, a lot of them were, were sort of started around like when all the guys got back from world war two, mm-hmm. you know, they would, they would buy a, like a camp property and build a, you know, either a really nice camp or just a, you know, primitive kind of building more or less sure, some, sure. some with running water or most without, you know, and it was just like a place for guys to go and be guys Sure. Um, Dudes being bros. Women women typically (laughs) were not involved in the picture at all. You know, like my sister, my mom, none of the women in my life that I knew hunted at all, which is Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, it was just really cool. And and um, the next day we went up and hunted at Christy's dad's camp. Okay. And uh, started the day off 
with uh, Jack and I sitting in a blind again, and we were going to sit in this blind and wait uh, until like nine o'clock. And then all the guys were going to come through and they were going to put on a drive. They were going to try to push some deer towards Jack and I, uh, to see if maybe Jack could get a shot. Well, before that drive could start, uh, two guys had shot deer (laughs) and one of them, uh, basically had a, uh, basically wounded it. And so they were tracking it, trying to, you know, we could hear on the radios again, hunting with radios is so different. You know, like I said, when I grew up, we didn't hunt with radios and it just, mm. it's kind of strange. You know, you, you know, a lot more of what's going on, which is good, but it also distracts you because now everybody's sort of off their hunt in, you know, and joining up trying to track and trail and hopefully dispatch this wounded deer. Sure. Uh, sure. So Jack, you know, Jack's grampy says, does Jack want to finish this deer off? I see it laying here and I can just, just see it pocket, poke its head up every now and then. And Mm. Jack right away. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So we do the death march. (laughs) Again, with the, with the voice. Yeah. Just the blood. 10 times lower than the the beginning of the day. You're (laughs) fucking right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So we death march through the woods and, and get over to where, uh, Grampy had seen this this wounded deer, and it come come to find out it's like ten feet in front of him, you know. Okay. And uh, at that point, it was pretty clear that you know we needed we needed to dispatch this thing quickly. It was it right. was suffering, suffering. and yeah. you know I said I said look, you could shoot it. It's still going to be Michael's deer, the guy that that wounded it. Right. I said it's it's not not yours. And I said I said rather than you take a bad shot and shoot it right. in the ass or, you know, ruin meat or whatever. I said, let's just let Grampy take care Do of it. Do it the so, humane Ray, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's when a pistol comes in handy. And so we sure, made sure. short work of that and drug it, drug it back. And Jack got to skin another deer. So he was all okay. excited, but, but then, so as this is kind of going on, right. My, I could, I could just kind of feel my health just declining. You know? Oh man. And it was yeah. just like by that second day of deer season, we, well, we got back from the morning hunt about nine o'clock. And I said to Jack, I said, I'm just going to go upstairs and lay down for a little bit and then mm. we'll go back out. You know, the plan was at their camp, they go out for a morning hunt, come back and make breakfast. And then about nine thirty ish, they'll go back out and do another hunt and then they'll come back in for lunch, you know, so kind of a neat, neat way to do it. Mm-hmm. But I said, I said, you know, you go hang out with Grampy, help him cook breakfast, whatever. So I'm just going to lay down for a little bit. Well, man, I crashed, like mm. crashed, crashed to where now, I woke up like five hours later. <laughs> now yeah. with your Crohn's, I, I imagine that, that is the reason it sapped like all the yeah. energy out of you. Like, a, yeah. Man, that that's. I mean, it at just, least you uh, got the first couple of days with Jack, and like yeah. was able to, you yep. know, be right there every step of the way. So at least, I mean, 100%. it's not like you missed out on all of it. That would have sucked. No, no, I, I agreed, and I'm so thankful that that I got to be there for his first deer hunt experience. You know, so that nice. was cool. But uh, yeah, so I've been, well, I've been extremely anemic. Is one of the big things that. um all of this has brought forward is 
you know, some of it, most of it due to the fact that my body just isn't absorbing a whole lot of nutrients and now I'm not eating if I remember, a lot of nutrients. <laughs> if I remember correctly, you said that you're down like a whole bunch of weight. Yeah. So through the hospital stay, well, that which is which is coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, long story short, I ended up going to the ER and uh Oh no, we're we, we're here for the full story. If there's more story yeah. to tell, don't well, let my dumbass question derail. No, you. no, that's good. That's good foreshadowing. That's coming. But so I crashed at camp and then actually Christy and her mom came down just to see how the hunting was going and everything else because the camp's only about fifteen minutes from town. So I woke up at one point to my wife standing beside me and I'm like, what? I'm at, I'm at hunting camp. What are you doing here? You know, right. just like this really strange thing. She's like, oh, I just came down to see the boys. What's wrong? And I'm like, mm. I don't know. I'm like, I'm just, I am beat. She's like, well, yeah, you guys, you know, you hunted your asses off yesterday and this and that. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I said, something just feels weird. So a couple hours later, I was resting still. And then I woke up and just, I was like hit by a Mack truck. My stomach, I was like bent over and just like extreme abdominal pain, cramp, you know, just when it, when it goes, it goes like all the wheels fall off at once and uh, they fell off. So I said, I said to Christy's dad, I said, I think I need to go to town. I said, I think I'm going to go figure out what the hell's going on here, you know, or at least, uh, get out of this camp environment and get to some place where it's a little, little easier to navigate. So mm. uncle Jerry gave me a ride to town. And then, uh, about an hour later, I, you know, Christy's like, I think we need to go to the freaking ER. She's like, you're, oh, you're man. dying here. And, and it's always the same. I I've had to go to the ER back here on a visit like that before and it's always like such a clusterfuck because nobody knows your condition nobody knows your history nobody uh nobody there is qualified necessarily to help and also they're so stressed out with all the covids and people that like they don't have time to take a breath to look through your stuff to familiarize themselves yeah so dude Mm. The doctor comes to see me and uh, it was the funniest damn thing. He's just, he, he reminded me of like a guy we would hang out with. He had a can of snuff in his front pocket of his scrubs. (laughs) (laughs) He had a flannel shirt on over his like scrub shirt and he comes in and he's like, so what's the matter? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I said, I have Crohn's. I said, I, I I know for a fact because of some of the uh, CT scans they've done and things. I know for a fact that I've got some stricturing in there, some real narrowing in there. And mm-hmm. I said I don't know if if it bursts. I don't know if it just closed off completely. I don't know what the hell's going on, but it fucking hurts, and I probably need some help. And he's like, "Okay, well, what do you normally do in this case?" I said, well, <laughs> isn't that what me? you're supposed yeah, to know? Like, come on, dude. You can't even take a guess. Like, come on, come on, give, dude. Give it a try first. You know? And I was like, you know, oh, I don't know. Normally they'll start, you know, they'll pump you full of steroids and give you, you know, do another CT scan to see what they're dealing with at present. And, um, 
control the pain and rest the belly for a week, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, he's but like, if if you're telling him what needs to be, like, yeah. should you get his hours worth of pay or right. but like it, what's going it, on here? It is kind of a weird thing, you know, because, and I'm sure it's the same way for folks who have other similar conditions. You know, if you have sort of a, a lifelong illness, that's a real specialty kind of a thing. Um, it's kind of like taking your BMW to, you know, Bob's garage, uh, you know, to, to get a computer issue fixed, you know? Sure. Okay. It's I like get Bob, you, I get you. Bob's going to say, I don't, I don't know anything about how these things work, you know? So okay. it's a, it's such a specialty uh, medicine or, you know, specialty uh, physician that works on uh, gastro, uh, you know, gastroenterology type things. So, so, the, anyway, so did they then like, ship you off to the specialist or are you just well, here not trying yet. to explain that's what's everything? Crazy. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's what's crazy. So I'm there explaining everything and he's like, ah, he's like, I really don't want to fucking scan you. That's literally, that's what he says. I don't want to fucking scan you. Like, I don't, I don't want to send you through the fucking CT scanner and radiate the shit out of you. He's like, you probably get so much fucking radiation. I'm like, dude, radiation is the last goddamn thing I'm worried about right now. <laughs> you know? So he's like, bah. he's like, I, how about this? He's like, we'll, we'll keep you here for a little while. We'll, we'll keep an eye on you. We'll give you some pain meds and, uh, you know, I'll give you some pain meds to take home. And he said, then maybe just follow up with your, with your gastro. And I'm like, if that's all you're willing to do, I guess that's all I can accept. Okay. Right. Sounds good. So an hour later, you know, a couple shots of, of morphine and away I go. Well, middle of the night, it is back on with a vengeance, you know, okay. The, okay. the good, the good drugs wear off. And, uh, mm-hmm. about eight o'clock the next morning, there we were back at the ER. Okay. And this time ready to put our foot down. Oh, and, and the other beautiful thing about the ER is that you're the only one allowed back there. You cannot, right. Bring you can't bring anyone or your anybody. And, I will tell you, 100%, my wife is my brain, my advocate. (laughs) She is my, you know, my partner in crime at the doctor's office. I am the exact same way. Whenever something like that's going on, like, I don't know why, but if I'm sitting on the table, I just go brain dead. I can't think Mm -hmm. of, like, I just can't articulate what the hell. I mean, if it's something like the flu, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, doc, I got the flu, you know, give me the the drugs. Or it's like, how um... long ago did that happen to you? Oh, yeah, I am. You know, like I've had so (laughs) many things happen to me. And in fact, at one point when I was younger, uh, my mom and I actually, we like got all of my medical records. This was maybe when I was in my 20s, late 20s. Got all the medical records and and just sort of wrote out an outline at one point, you know, just because I was moving to Seattle and you know, it was like going to have to establish with a new doctor. So, you know, we tried to get like the cliff notes version. Um, but anyway, so go back to the ER and he's like, Oh, that bad, huh? And I'm like, yup, that bad. He's like, well, I guess we're going to fucking scan you. Same doctor, same fucking (laughs) doctor. This guy must've worked a 24 hour shift. I saw him the day before at like, I don't know what it was four o'clock or maybe noon i think it was about noon i saw him on saturday 
Sunday at 10 something, he's still there. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's a fucking vampire. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so they take, they wheel me down. They stick me through the, the, the scanner, the, the CT scan. They, they, uh, inject iodine in, uh, to your arm through an IV and that's a contrast. And then it actually uses, somehow uses magnets, uh, that spin around. And as you get sort of pulled through this donut shaped thing, uh, it's taking pictures that are slices of your body. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing. So they can see it all in 3D, I, more or less. I had one of those. I had, um, in high school, I had four concussions in, inside oh, of man. four months. And oh. I, I don't, yeah, it was real bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was all sports related. And I, you know, a smart person would have stopped, but yep. senior year, all that fun football or. Bullshit. Well, first one was football. I had two uh-huh. in wrestling, and I had one baseball where I fouled the ball off the plate, and it cracked me in the head. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> bad, bad concussion, just being like a yeah. small point. You know, right. it's not like you're – Well, it hit it hit the outside of the helmet, but it a, a normal person, person, it wouldn't have given a concussion, but because I yeah. had so many so quickly, right? Um, any any little knock to my head would have, you know, cracked me open like a – Damn, know, dude. Yeah, but yeah, no, so good. I had one of those. I I don't know if it's a CT scan or basically where it's you There's go in, MRI basically your shoulder. CT, maybe it's maybe it's MRI. I don't know. It was loud. It was you know yeah. they they did those in iodine injection and you had to sit still for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I think that's an MRI, but I don't know exactly the difference. But yeah, I don't know. Crazy. But so anyway, we get the, you know, wheel me back to the ER and get the results. And he's like, yeah, you're fucking, you're fucking strictured. And I'm like, well, I knew that. <laughs> I just love the doctor that's dropping F-bombs. Like oh, it's yeah. He was <laughs> what a just guy. like awesome. It was kind of cool. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, so what we're going to do is we're going to do an NG tube and rest the gut. And I'm going to try to get you transferred out of here down to Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm like, all right. Cool. So he gets some info about the doctors I'd been working with down there, makes a couple phone calls, and uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm uh, um, in an ambulance riding to Pittsburgh two and a half hours. Um, mm. And they transferred me to Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh, which is uh, uh, somehow logical because uh, the doctors... Uh, <laughs> I was working with for the stem cell transplant are based at Children's Hospital. But well, Benny here just has big bones. What are you talking yeah, about? When you show up at children's <laughs> Hospital with a bowel obstruction and you need to talk to a surgeon about fixing it, the folks at Children's Hospital don't want to be the ones that you're talking to. So they're like, yeah, nice try, but sorry. We're going to transfer you out of here. So I was there for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, you know. And uh, at this point, my mom and Christy had caught up with me, which is kind of, it's funny how sometimes this shit works out where it seems like bad timing, but it's actually convenient. Christy's mom and the boys were actually flying back to Boise that same day. They were going to go back so they could get back to school. Christy was going to stay a couple of extra days uh, because we were thinking that stem cell would be starting and she'd be back here with me. 
And so it turns out everybody was going to Pittsburgh anyway. All right, cool. <laughs> so Christy and my party mom in Pittsburgh. Met me. Yeah, they met me at Children's at I don't know what it was at that point, eight o'clock at night or some some crazy shit, where they pumped me full of more pain medication and then said we're gonna send you over to this Montefiore hospital, where they have a transplant floor for folks. And who would have guessed it's the same guy with the same you know camo or (laughs) flannel scrubs dropping f bombs. He's all over the place. No, no, no. I've never been. Uh, <laughs> I've never talked with any of the transplant folks. So these guys do liver transplants, kidney transplants, small bowel transplants. They do all kinds of this just amazing transplant work, you know, for folks who are critically ill and need a heart or need a liver. Just unreal. And um, so they transferred me there mostly because. The number of surgeries that I've had in the past uh, p- put me at risk for not having enough bowel left. You know, so there are folks that uh, they, that things get so problematic down there that they chop away and chop away and chop away, and then at some point, if you don't have enough length, your body won't won't be able to absorb enough nutrients from the food that you eat, and so then in those cases. Folks are on uh, what's called TPN, which is like a white chalky stuff. They, they, uh, yeah, they inject you know through your through the veins through an IV drip, and it's um, and basically you never eat again. <laughs> and Yuck. I'm like, yeah, I I never ever ever want to get to that point, right? Like that would. I didn't. I didn't eat for three I weeks don't when think, I was in the hospital, and I don't think there's anybody who's like, "Ooh, sign me up for that stuff." That sounds right? like fun. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that they transferred me over there, and then I and then I proceeded to meet with um, a surgeon who specializes in all of these things and has techniques to prevent, you know, short gut and all this kind of stuff. And if if need be, is it is um, it literally called short gut? It is. It's just really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's destructive. Of the, um, you know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, exactly. oh man, Timmy's got the short gut. You know, some of the, <laughs> the gastroenterology stuff is just very crude. You know, it's it's not for for a lot of years. I I would never talk about it to anybody, right? Because it's right what you, what people do in a bathroom is their private moments, right? <laughs> like. So sure. I just somehow Where are we going never, with this, Ben? Well, you know, like you, you don't invite <laughs> you don't invite your friend in to take a shit with you, you know? Sure, so sure. Like, I guess. You really don't Logical. Talk, about, talk about your shit with a friend. And when mm-hmm. you talk about Crohn's, that's all you talk about is your shit. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird thing. Um but anyway, this surgeon, um, you know, he meet with him and he said I've seen your scans. He's like, I want to do one more test, which is like a follow through where they, you drink this barium and then they take an x-ray every 20 minutes. And basically what they get then is an x-ray picture of your entire gastrointestinal tract. Okay. So they, okay. Can, they can look very specifically at it and, and understand, you know, is it narrower here is it maybe too big here? Uh, you know, what's going on? Do we have what, what they would call mechanical issues that could be fixed through surgery? And 
I had uh, two spots of stricturing. So basically that means if you say you put a zip tie on a garden hose and pulled it tight, right? That would be, you'd, it'd be, that'd be a, the equivalent of a stricture. So it looks like somebody put a rubber band around a balloon. That's a very descriptive, you <laughs> yep. know, analogy you have there. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. And then there was some other areas from some of my previous surgeries where, um, the, the way the pipe was laying made, you know, maybe uh, a 90 degree angle instead of a 45, you know? So, there okay. was, there so there's was a kink a, in it. Yeah. A lot of kinks and, and narrowing and that kind of stuff. And so Friday, it was a Friday. I remember it was a Friday because I was pissed after I heard the news. They say you definitely need surgery. And first thing mm. Monday morning, we will get you in for surgery. Okay. And I get so effing frustrated. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply by healthcare and the healthcare system, right? When mm-hmm. you're when you're in it, honest to God, I would say you spend at least 75 to 80% of your time fighting the system, you know, as compared let, to fighting your disease or your ailment. Let me so know when I can interrupt with a little bit of a side story. Yeah, go. Actually, now's a good time. So, actually, a little bit of a personal family thing that's going on right now mm-hmm. is my grandpa was in the hospital the last couple of days. Man, um, is he basically, right? he he. Oh yeah, he's had you know chest pains. He's had heart attacks and and um, uh-huh. strokes, and that's you know yeah. he 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 was in yeah. Vietnam. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. Right. And um, basically, Grandpas don't get younger. You know. No, they do not. Um, but and. And this is actually the, going back. This is the same grandpa I sat out in the woods with all the time. So. Okay. Yeah. So um, basically, you know, he he has a very high pain tolerance and like will not make a fuss over what probably should be, have a fuss being made of. Right. right. But basically, he woke up in the middle of the night and it was so bad that he he turned to grandma and was like, "We need to go into the hospital." Oh, like man. that's, 
And um, so, you know, it's bad when grandpa's saying, hey, we need to go. Um, So they went. And so the local hospital sucks. It's it's a very small one. And it, it has like bad reputation all that it fun has, stuff it has so uh, they call ER doctors with snuff cans in their pocket <laughs> <laughs> it's actually that same guy <laughs> right? he's, <everywhere. laughs> he's pulling 24 hour shifts everywhere, yeah. everywhere. <laughs> but everywhere. but anyway so they they called over to um marlette or maybe i don't either they called ahead or they went to marlette which is kind of you know another 15 minutes down the road but okay. it's a bit of a better hospital and either they got there or they got someone on the phone and they said, hey, we're full. We've got COVID. We're yep. literally to our max. Do not come here. We will not be able to get you in. Right. And then they called the Port Huron and they couldn't get in there. And they called the Saginaw and they couldn't get in there. Man. And so they ended up having to go to Sanusky and they they had a bed for him. So basically he got there and, you know, they, they're doctoring him, doing all the things. And But the, the real kicker is the goddamn... Motherfucking, sorry, excuse my language, no, but yeah. the the insurance company yep. is not covering it. Yep. And I I don't normally t- pull out my big big money you. words like that, Dude. but like literally this this man fought for our country in in Vietnam. Right. He went. He has you know PTSD and all that fun stuff, which he he you know buried for a long time, and you know right. he, he he's dealing with it and doing all that. But this guy fought for our country, and yeah. our system will not pay for his heart issues i mean i thought the whole idea i thought the whole idea is you go and fight for our country we'll take care of you yeah we'll take care of you right that's the least so basically what ended up happening is he was stuck in the hospital and they have to do like a stress test which apparently like isn't that big of a deal no but the the insurance company i don't know if it's the va or whatever insurance they're going through they said you know hey we're not going to pay for it either you pay for it out of pocket or you don't get it and then um but the thing is, is like you can't the the hospital wasn't going to allow him to relieve. Like he wasn't going to be able right. to go home until they had the stress until test. Until they got it. So yeah. they're they're at this standoff so where by he's the like, short hairs. Yeah. I can't go unless you know the it's paid for by the insurance. But yeah. you know I can't leave unless it's like <laughs> damn well, if you do, damn if you don't. Too that right and so so I mentioned earlier that I spent maybe an hour, maybe two hours tops at Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. I happened to take a peek at one of my EOBs, my explanation of benefit. Uh, you know, the insurance company sends you an EOB for every sort of encounter that you have with a doctor or a hospital or a clinic or whatever. And it explains this is what they billed us. This is what we paid them. And then this is what maybe you might owe still, right? Well, every year I meet my sort of insurance out-of-pocket max, you know, by... February. (laughs) And so I typically after that point don't have to pay anything, right? Because um, I've topped out at whatever it is, five grand or whatever, or I don't know if it's five or 10 grand a year. Once I pay that, then insurance covers everything without, not not without question, but they they cover everything within reason. And Mm -hmm. so I happened to peek in there at the EOB. And for those two hours, they billed my insurance $45,000. $45,000. Oh my God. And I go, they gave me like four shots of morphine, you know? Yeah. Other than that, they drew blood, did some blood work. And then a couple people came in and talked to me about why that wasn't the best place for me to be. That's the yeah. only quote 
care I got while I was there, right? And it cost forty five thousand fucking dollars. But the problem speaking of speaking yeah. of, and th- this is on a smaller scale. I um shoot, probably six or seven months ago, I, I was out in the knife shop and I, I I think it was I had a knife helicopter on me and I didn't have oh, the yeah. post down all the way and the post Ooh. basically my post broke away and it helicopter and it sliced off like a big old section of the of my pointer finger on my left hand. Yeah. And like it was it was bad enough. Well, basically, yeah. you know, my my girlfriend Emily's mom was a nurse for like twenty some odd years. So I, right. whenever I have anything that's like a medical thing, I go to her like, hey, should I go to hospital yeah. or is this How something that we can it? just doctor up here? Yeah. And she looked at me as like, we're going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. And like it, it was literally, it was, it starts from, uh, I still have the scar, of course, and it starts from like the the joint. And it goes up and around my the pad of my finger all the way up oh, to the the tip of the finger, the worst, and it was basically it was basically like a little flap. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not to I've get too that. descriptive. I did that on but, a router um, one time. Like a but here's mat. the thing is, here's the thing is, I went into the hospital, and here's the here's the care I got. I went in there, I signed you know my name a bunch of times, and yep. hey, what's going on? Let's see, you know, yes, it is. Okay, do you want regular stitches or do you want liquid stitches? Like, of course, right. I want liquid stitches. Yeah, and they gave me a couple. That's right, and they gave me a couple dot dabs of uh, super glue. Yeah, and I said, okay, you're good. So you could have, you could have. Bill was that. a thousand, like a thousand yeah. bucks for you, a couple drops of super a, glue. You could have bought a three ounce bottle of Starbond for about six ninety five. <laughs> Is uh, this your plug for Star Starbond? <laughs> there you go. That's my plug for Starbond. <laughs> no, now, now I have oh, in my just, shop. I have a little. I have a bottle of medical grade super glue. Yeah, honestly, I I use it a lot for cracks yeah. and you know my hands dry out in the in the winter in the shop a lot and i use that and that green oh what is it called i don't even remember antiseptic spray where it numbs no in it, it's like in a it. green oh. cream it's a green balm working it hands. sounds like something you need to talk to your gastroenterologist no for. this is uh, <laughs> no i know it sounds real girly but it's i think they sell it at home at home depot i've seen it it's called working hands um, oh yeah, yeah. I like that or stuff. Or like, and it's yeah. I used to. I like about it is it's not like if you put lotion on your hands, it's always greasy, you know. Mm-hmm. And this shit is like makes your hands tacky. It's great. Yeah, back in the day when I was uh, stocking shelves at Target, dealing oh, yeah. with you know, especially in the middle of the winter when all the you know the the heat is on, so the air is already naturally super dry, right. and you're you're maneuvering uh, cardboard boxes all day. Yeah. My hands would get so chapped up from it, I'll and bet. I found that that working hands, the O'Keefe's or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Same shit. That stuff Good was that stuff shit. was in. I'm sure there's a couple of people that thought I had a little skull, you know, can in yeah. my back <laughs> yeah, pocket, right. but it was actually that working hands, you know, sitting in my back oh, pocket. Oh, funny. Well, I could honestly bitch about our healthcare system till the cows come home. But <laughs> and moral. hold on, before we move on, I do want to apologize to if anybody, I mean, I dropped some pretty big money words. I, I apologized <laughs> if you're, I mean, there's kids listening. I'm, I'm so sorry, earmuffs, guys. Oh. Earmuffs. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> put <a little> warning. <laughs> but, I'll put, I'll put, a, I'll put a buck in the tip in the uh, swear jar. There you quick. go. There you go. So, so of course, when you find out that you need surgery on a Friday and they tell you, First thing Monday will get you mm. in. The first thought on my mind is that just cost me two more days in the hospital, right? Because if it was on a Tuesday, they could probably get me into surgery on Wednesday. Right. But anyway, Monday comes 
and I was on the standby list, meaning uh, if there was room, they would fit me in. I was told my surgery would be somewhere between a six and eight hour procedure. And I'm like, and I'm on the standby list. If they're not in here at nine o'clock in the morning, there's no freaking way they're going to do this surgery today. So So what the hell do you do then? Wait around and rack up another 50 grand in, in healthcare bills, you know, unnecessarily because the system can't figure out how to make itself work. This is the <laughs> point when when listeners from other countries start laughing at us because yes. of our American healthcare yeah. system. Or maybe system. it's similar. I I don't know. I don't know. Ah, uh, no, places, no, it's not. It's like <laughs> we pay. So, like... so that happens, and then um, Tuesday finally ended up having. I did have surgery. Um, the doctor came in Wednesday about three thirty in the afternoon. Really nice guy. He he. You know, it's not the people's fault, uh, and, and I'll say that you know, un- understandingly to anyone who's involved in healthcare, I-, I understand fully that it is not the people working the system that uh, I take beef with. You know, it's, it's the system as a whole, right? It- it's inefficiencies. It's, um, it's, you know, highway robbery at some level. And, and it's, just, <laughs> it's kind of crazy uh, how bad it's gotten. And in, and in all my years, right. I- I've been, um, tasseling with Crohn's since I was 15 years old. So I've seen a lot of hospitals. I have spent a lot of time in hospitals, unfortunately. And uh, mm-hmm. I think in my next life, I'm going to be a hospital reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it just drives you crazy. So he came in, talked to me and commiserated, you know, and, and just as, so he, he's leaving, he closes the door and I am just fuming mad. Yeah. You know, and at this point, my mom was in the room with me. She, my Christy ended up going back to Boise to go to, back to work. I said, just go, go be with the boys, get away. So my mom's in there. And as soon as that door closes, I threw the fucking pillow at the wall about as hard as I could. And just as it hit the wall, didn't the doctor happen to just poke his head back in to ask me a question? <laughs> of course. Like, of Are course. you mad? I said, you're damn right I'm mad. I said, I've been sitting in this. At that point, I had been in that hospital for eight days, right? Mm. And hadn't eaten a thing for eight days. Not a thing. Not even drank a sip of water. Not had a drink. Not had a piece of food. A cup of broth, nothing for eight days. And this and I, is simply because you like you physically can't. Well, no, just that that was the order basically. They don't want to put a bunch of stuff down oh, there. Oh, you know, right. If your right. plumbing's plugged up, you don't you don't keep flushing the toilet. You know, It'll oh, eventually yeah. uh, backflow on. So you. this should this should dispel this whole Doctor Cone thing because that that right? was way over my head. <laughs> so. So, so that, so anyway, the next day ended up having surgery. They came, came at about, I don't know, 10, 10 or 11 in the morning and, uh, had a, had a great surgery. As far as I know, I was, I was out cold, but everything, everything now has been, uh, fixed. So all the strictured areas have been removed and everything reconnected and, you know, other areas that were kinked or bent or whatever he got basically got everything fixed up so that um everything will work as designed again and 
Yeah. Okay. So So does that mean that it's fixed or is well, that just a temporary patch? It's kind of we I would say we surgery fixed the the results of the past 10 years of disease, right? The last time I okay. was in for surgery was probably almost 10 years ago. But um, the core issue still remains. Yeah, I still have Crohn's. It could still okay. it could still and could and probably will still flare back up and slowly start to have an effect on things. That's sort of the curse of something like Crohn's is that you never know how long you're going to get from a Until certain procedure again. or maybe you change a medication. Uh, you know, one stops working, you you move to a new medicine and it works, but you don't know how long it's going to work for. Um, so it's but, kind of a you know, if looking forward, looking forward, this um, stem cells thing yeah. should, is that going to fix or well, is that just another, is that so just another the, patch? Yeah, well, that's the debate on the table right now is um, amongst all of the team of doctors that I've been working with, you know, is the, the question of the hour is basically, is this surgery enough to knock the disease back to such a place where um, medication would control it for a good long time? Or uh, should we proceed with stem cell? Stem cell has the benefit of it. It gets more to the heart of the problem. So it eliminates the immune system, which is where the Crohn's disease lives. And um, so often or nearly every case they've seen by doing that reset, um, the disease does not come back nearly as strong. Right. So nine times out of 10, you can then treat it with less medication or a, a wider variety of medications, basically, and, and have it in remission for longer. But now it becomes this thing, you know, it's like, well, 10 years ago, I had my last surgery. It took 10 years to have a surgery. After right. that, is stem cell might get you 10 years. It might get you 15 years. Hell, it might get you 20 years. Or it might get you two. So... You know, See, you play this and debate. here's the thing is like with, with the surgery you just had, theoretically it could make it so that you don't have issues for a good long while. Yeah. Well, that one, one side of my brain says, well, you know, you should get the stem cell now so you can nip it all in the bud and hopefully right. push that, kick that can so far down the road that it's irrelevant. But the yeah. other side of my brain is like, but if you're, if you have 10 to you know, 15 years of not having issues that gives yeah. stem cell research 10 to 15 years to kind exactly. of figure itself out a little bit more. Yep. There's no right mm. answer. That's the hard no, part. No, there's not. Right. Is there's no, there is no sure bet. Um, but I think the one thing that I've learned and it, probably the biggest lesson I've had to learn in my entire life is patience, right? Is, Mm-hmm. let's just give it some time. You know, if it's six months from now, how much different would that be than me marching into a stem cell in six weeks? You know, sure, and so sure. if we give it a year, we give it six months, you know, we give it some time just to see, okay, uh, you're completely healed from the surgery. 
now let's see how the disease is doing. Um, and if it starts showing its head early, then you say, all right, let's kick its ass. But maybe it doesn't start showing its head. So you give it another couple months. And the one thing I struggled with since um, the start of all of this is that I never felt like I was in control of that decision. You know, mm. it was always, we are doing stuff being done to you. Yeah. Right? It was always like, yes, we're doing stem cell, but we're at the mercy of when the doctors say we're okay to do it. And mm. so about the furthest out I could ever plan since April was about two weeks, you know, and that's just, man, that was just wearing on me. You know, it was getting to the point where it was like, all right, I know I'm not going to be able to work the job that I'm working now probably here in the future. So I want to start setting something up for myself for, you know, when I have to leave my job, I want to start setting stuff up so I could still potentially earn a living if the stem cell thing strings us out for another year. Um, but it was always, well, in two weeks we'll do this test and then that'll tell us if we can do that test. And then that'll tell us if we could actually start. So we're maybe probably about a month out. But then something else would crop up or, you know, my blood cut thing would crop up or so I felt like I just lost all control of that decision space to an extent. And mm. so moving forward, I think, you know, what I've said is I'm I'm ready to put my foot down and I'm ready to say, if now is not the right time, then I will tell you when it is. You know, I don't want you to tell me when it is. I'll call you in six months and say, Hey, can we do a couple tests just to see where we're at? You know? Sure. There we go. So you've, yeah. you've gained the control that you've always wanted with this disease right? you've been having to, you've been yep. afflicted with, with so long. So how, how does that feel? Like being able to like, you know what, Th this is mine. This is, you know, I am, yeah. I'm calling the shots now. Like it, that's gotta feel like you know, a million bucks. Yeah, it really does. And I think that's, you know, for anyone that, that might suffer with, you know, sort of a lifelong illness would probably attest to it as well as it's just, it can either be all consuming or at times you don't have to pay any attention to it at all. So it's, it's an exhausting roller coaster and to have any kind of control over it, I think is such a positive. Um, I don't realize how much it affects me to be honest, I, I have no idea. And that, that sounds really strange probably to most people, you know, like, you know, when you're feeling shitty, except when you feel shitty all the time. Right. Mm, so yeah. you can't often quantify it. You know, my, maybe at a normal day, an average person operates at what they'd call a hundred percent, right? They, they're feeling good. They got no ailments. They're, you know, everything's, everything's pretty normal. That might be more like 70% for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So my hundred percent looks more like 70 to others or, or, you know, at times lower than that, at times higher than that. But, and how that wears on you emotionally, mentally, physically over time is just so glacially slow that you almost don't right. even realize it, you know? It kind of reminds me of the idea of, you know, a, a frog in a pot yeah. that yep. the water slowly gets warmer and warmer. It will not jump out until it dies 
because the water is boiling. Yep. Like it, you don't realize you don't realize how bad it's getting because you know that's that's the way it's been for a while around here. Exactly. You know that's. And then one day you just oh. hit that wall, you know, and like right. at at camp, and it was like, nope, done. I uh, you know, yeah. and literally the day before I hiked four or five miles, you know, hunting with Jack, you know, just pushing through without even feeling like I was pushing through, you know, just mm-hmm. an average day for me. And the next day, just bang, you know, I am at 20%. <laughs> so right. it's just, it's kind of a weird, um, a weird thing, but I am in spite of, you know, a big ass incision from my, you know, from my short hairs up to my sternum. Um, other than that, I'm feeling damn good. Lost about Holy cow. Lost that's, almost. That's 20 quite pounds. the scar. Yeah, yeah. I lost almost twenty pounds. Basically, it was almost two and a half weeks of no eating in the hospital. Mm. And just now with with that scar, I had a buddy in college that his appendix burst, and he had Ooh. a big scar that went. I mean, it's not probably not as large as yours, but he ended up going and getting a tattoo of a little zipper oh, on nice. the end of it because it looked like a little zipper going up inside That's up the hilarious. side of his arm. You know, you know, it probably it probably didn't even hurt much. I know, like my scar, that that whole area is kind of numb, or you know, previously from surgeries I've had, I can remember it just being kind of numb on the scar, mm. which is kind of weird. But yeah, that's yeah. this one's probably about three inches longer than any I've had in the past. So that takes a while. Coughing still is a nightmare. I'm sure, you know, but so it's kind of like the C-section scar, but other than that, you know, I, uh, the plan for now, I, they won't let me on an airplane just yet. Um, and without knowing what we're going to do for the stem cells, my, you know, the plan is spend the holidays here with Christy and the boys are back again. Santa's coming here for the boys and uh, <laughs> we're going to celebrate here and then talk to doctors after the holidays and, uh, you know, figure out a game plan for or against stem cell. And, uh, I'll stay back here. If I do stem cell right away, obviously I'll stay back here for that. But if not, I'll probably stay back here for six or eight weeks until it's clear yeah. to fly. And I got some so- fun ideas for, making shit back here with the old man and yeah that'll be cool that'll be cool speaking of santa a little bit ago yeah. you said santa's there sharp santa is has hey, uh, struck again yeah you got a little something in the i hear you got a little something in the mail i did and i want to yeah. thank you now before before we talk about it there are quite a few people who listen to this podcast that I sent the almost the exact same thing to. Okay. So if you are one of those people, if you have a package yeah, yeah. and you're waiting Ear for much. Christmas to open it, now's the time to pause or maybe, you know, Hit dip out of the podcast. Jump button twice. Right. You might want to do a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> but um so if you're out there, Jason Hartwell, Hartwell, <laughs> pickle cutters, uh, yeah. <laughs> quite a few people. There's there's quite a few people out there that I sent them to. But. No, it's, I appreciate it so much, man. I um, well, we had talked. You you and I chatted a bit when I was in the hospital, and we're bsing, and then said, "Hey, we got to get each other's addresses," because I had put some shit together uh, just before I came back. At Thanksgiving, I had a box ready for you and Brian, and but like just flat ass ran out of time, 
I was like, I That's don't know fine. if I'm coming back to Boise. I don't know if I'm staying there. But I but I said to myself, well, my mother-in-law's here. My wife's here. They could they could always mail it for you. So they ended up mailing yours and Brian's box. And uh, I got a little box in the mail from you. And it had this yes, you did. awesome yes, you did. bottle opener that was just yes, sir. badass, man. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, I love it. Like the the touch mark in there and everything. It's got that kind of roughness about it, but it's just so freaking cool. So thank you. Yeah. And the handle of it is white G or black G 10 for the okay. handles. And then it has white G 10 liners I and white, white G 10 pins. Yeah. And the idea of the black and white is our logo for the work for oh, podcast nice. is black and white. Yeah. So I tried it. I tried pretty much everyone who I sent one to, I was, trying to be pretty intentional about, you know, the color scheme. Yeah, man, you did a great job. And you and Brian, I don't know if Brian's opened his, so maybe, maybe we're spoiling his Christmas present if he's listening. Like about a minute after I opened it, I thought, Oh, maybe I should have waited. And then I thought, (laughs) fuck it, open it up. So, and you know, what's funny is, um, the card you included with it last night, I've been, been messing around doing a fair bit of leather work. Okay. uh, Just cause it's, Something I can do, you know, idle hands are, are the devil sure. for me. And uh, so I had this idea for this little uh, phone case thing, and I actually turned Ooh. your card into a template. <laughs> okay, cool. So I was like, this will be a good way to reuse that card. That's awesome. There so, we go. Yeah, but hopefully yours should be coming uh, soon, I think. Yeah, should be. UPS and, and then I've actually got another yeah. one that I, another little thing I'm going to mail to you tomorrow, so. Cool. Yeah, but yeah, so that's my that's my long winded hour and fifteen minute story. It's been <laughs> been a hell Dude, of a yeah. month. And yeah, man, it's it's been a it's been a little bit for you. So I'm, I'm glad you're able to get in here and kind of lay yeah. it all bare on the table and talk about what happened. And yeah, I you know, you're on the men. So we so do you think like is this having been back I, I i'm not trying to i want to preface this mm-hmm. i'm not trying to pressure you or like yeah. damn it ben you better be on here all the time now but no, if you need plan. if you medically need time that's totally no. fine hey i can sit and i can sit on my dead dying ass and talk to just about anybody at this point so my plan for 100 percent is you know like i said i'll be back here and um at this point um I don't have plans to go back to my previous job, day job. Um, I've been working through the process of, you know, disability and actually some strange things with the federal government and trying to get that all squared away so that, you know, if we roll right into stem cell, we're able to at least get some money coming in, you know, and and, uh, help, help in that regard. But, but also, you know, while I'm, on the mend, my my primary goal is to pick up where I left off with some of the content stuff and the podcast stuff, and uh, be putting together and and sort of relaunching my website with uh, some plans and templates and you know everything from leatherwork to woodwork and hopefully just to start putting out some resources that hopefully can help folks you know, in whatever capacity I, I can muster at this point. And then as I, as I heal physically and I'm able to lift more than five pounds, then I'll start making some projects and, you know, doing some shit back here. 
Yeah. There we go. That sounds like a pretty decent. I mean, it, I mean, of course you want to be working at a hundred percent, but like you're making the most of what you have. I got to I mean, work towards not, not to drop the, not to drop the title, but you're, you're working for it. Yeah. I've got to, you know, otherwise I'll, I, I'm to the point where I think I'll go crazy, you know? And there so you go. it's like, it's yeah. been a while since I've had uh, the ability to have some kind of a focused goal to work towards. And, uh, so I, I, I've got about a million and one ideas of shit I could do and things I could try. And, uh, so I'm going to pick some that are realistic and start implementing them and, uh, putting them out there. Yeah. I mean, so I think this episode has definitely been all, you know, let's catch up with Ben, see what's going on with him. I think our next episode, it's going to be right before new year. So I want to kind of focus on, you know, next year goals, you know, doing that whole thing, yep. like talk about That'd the year great. past and then what we want for the, for the next year. Yeah. So I, let's go ahead and save that for next time because I think that's going to be a decent conversation. I think, you know, what would be a really neat thing uh, to include in that is maybe a little flashback to when we used to post a question on IG and we okay. reach out and find out what other folks' goals are for the new year. I think we did that last or, year, actually. Actually, how about even better? So, yeah. with this roadcaster, I can pipe oh, in sound. Yes. So you know what? I will. I we didn't we didn't pass or we didn't pass this through uh, Brian's you know brain, but here's my idea. So listeners out there listening to the Work for It podcast. Here's what I want from you guys. Um, I want you to send me to my personal Instagram. So B Cone Knives, B Cone Knives. It should be down in the description. I'm sure it's down there somewhere. Send me a message. Here's what I want from you guys. I want between one minute and three minutes of basically introduce yourself and what it is that you yeah. want for your new year. I want it super short, super concise. uh, And what I'm right. Well, what I'm going to be able to do is I'll be able to just hook up my phone to the roadcaster and I'll be able to talk about, you know, whoever it is. And I'm only going to pick, I don't know how many I'm going to pick. This is, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants on this one, but I'm going to go through and, you know, find the ones that are really short, really concise. Um, you know, basically just talk to your camera and, um, let me know what it is. First of all, do a quick introduction of who yeah. you are Thank and you. then what cool. it is that you want for the new year. What your new year's resolution centered around business, workshop, whatever the heck you're working with, whatever you're making. Let me know whether it's a tool that you want to get that will you know, be the next game changer for you. Whether it's you know just your skills, what you want to work on, maybe a, a project you want to start. Yeah, I think that would be a really cool little segment. I love and, it. Uh, yeah, I'll be able to. I mean, I might have to do a test run, make sure I don't screw it up. But yeah. don't I should email be able to basically. To no, don't email no, them. Don't. Send it to me and in IG. the DMs. Okay. Instagram message. Instagram DMs. I think that'll work. I'm pretty sure. I, honestly, that... now, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I'll be able to. Ah, oh, shoot. So, I don't know. Is Instagram the best place for that? I don't know if you'll be able to save that audio. Um... Rut row. This is why we we need to have this figured out before we start the podcast. I can get a Google voice. I can uh, get a Google voice phone number and folks could leave them there or they could just email them. Um, Email 
So if you use the voice yeah. notes, if you have a um, if you have a iPhone, there's an app called Voice Memos, and you can record them in there and email them. And I don't know about Android, but I'm sure there's an equivalent. Uh, just mm. re- record a voice memo and either email it to Brian or me. Yeah, so email them to B-K-O-H-N, knives, as you spell knives, at yahoo.com. And let's do That's a, where I want them. We'll do a, a Work For It uh, podcast IG post on it, too. So yeah, folks, but those you, you well, just so they can see in the comments, right? But just okay. so folks that may miss the show or may not have listened all the way to the end here, uh, so they can just <laughs> see um, that we're doing it. Sure, sure, we can make a post about it. Yeah. Um, in that post, we'll go ahead. We'll we'll iron out where it is that we want that from. Yeah. I was really hoping to get it somewhere where I can just go through and be like, "Oh, this person push the button and we can listen to them talk and then we can discuss it real quick. Yep. But that's um, where I think yeah, we'll send you the file. That would be best. And I, I know some other podcasts that do uh, do this and I'll ask them how I can reach out and ask them how they do it as well. But for now, beacone knives at yahoo.com. Send me a video in any form, like whether it's that notes app, like Ben said, or if you just even a video uh, make work. a video and just send it to me. Honestly, I could go through and figure it out. I'll figure yep. it out on my end. I will try to make it work. If it doesn't work, this will be a big flop and we'll, we'll all laugh about it. <laughs> we'll never know if we don't try. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Ben, Man. it's an hour, an hour and 20 minutes in. Do you happen to have a dad joke on hand? Oh. I heard one the other day. Oh boy, let me get my trombone out. Let me, it's going to take me a second. I think I actually wrote it down, but let me grab it. Um, let me see. Um, Love this dead air. You I know, know right? It, it really brings the podcast together. I love it. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? What did he say? Supplies! <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. Got it. Well, all right, um, man. Well, we're, we're almost an hour and a half in. Yeah. Do we want to jump over to WFI Projects real quick, or do we just want to call it a show? You know, I need to skate, I think. Okay, that's totally um, fine. That's totally fine. But here's what I will do instead, because I've seen some cool stuff on WFI Projects. Sure. And so, and I was actually thinking about doing this anyway. I made my first IG post today in a long while. And, nice. Um, getting back on that. Getting back on that card. Yeah. My thought is, uh, from like now till the new year, to just shout out other guys. Uh, you know, through IG every day. I'm gonna pick, pick somebody from the WFI projects or just somebody from the community and just uh, shout. I love that. Shout folks I love out that. to just be thankful for our community. So. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I think if you want to join me in that, that's cool. We I used to do a lot of follow Fridays, right? And I don't see that a whole lot anymore where folks just shout somebody yeah, out. Yeah, I think that that was kind of a trend that died yeah. out, it seems. Uh, let's bring it back. We'll do follow <laughs> fr- follow Christmas season. 
Follow Frenzy. <laughs> Follow Frenzy. Fra la 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 la. We'll take a, we'll twist the uh, W five projects on its head and. Uh, so follow Brian Beacon Knives uh, on Instagram or Benjamin Butler Company and see who we're shouting out. Yeah, man. Let's do that. Let's do that. Well, I think it's been a fantastic yeah. show. And I think that now that Ooh, we have the, the intro outro, we can kind of make this pop. I love the way this is going, Ben. I love well, Ben, it's been a fantastic conversation. Yeah, I man. always love catching up with you. Dude, I hope you have a fantastic working week. I appreciate you all. Shoot, what else is there? I think I think that's about it. We'll Get call that a show. Get your ass out there and work for it. Work for it, baby! Okay, so I had an opportunity to jump in here, uh, right? <laughs> so there was a little bit of a technical glitch uploading the podcast uh, last night. So uh, this morning, I'm actually available to just do a really quick Easter egg for you guys. I apologize, I was not able to make the podcast yesterday. And I'm going to just tell you the reason why right now. And I'm pretty sure you would all agree that it was a good reason. So uh, my kids are on uh, Christmas break now and I have my children this year for Christmas and Dexter had wanted to finish this knife that we had been working on it had already been profiled and heat treated it just needed to be cleaned up the bevels put on and um, and also the handle work and everything and then we had an ambitious goal we had a goal to finish this knife yesterday and because of some weird timing with some other stuff going on that I won't get into we didn't get into the shop until later in the day and then um, the goal was to complete this task and we were in such a groove. We were really just plugging away and, um, you know, I look at my son growing into being a young man who will eventually be a man. And I think how many more minutes and hours am I going to have with this person, uh, especially doing work like this, the work that we enjoy, um, which is, uh, you know, being creative and making together. So, uh, I opted out of not jumping on the podcast and just focusing on him and his project and working with him. And he was just ecstatic about uh, achieving what he did achieve yesterday. And he posted it on Instagram. So if you go to Instagram, Dexter underscore house is his Instagram uh, handle. Give him a follow. He would love that. And then also he took it upon himself to tag a few of the people who he has been following over the years. And they, uh, you know, so they would see his his work, uh, one being uh, Dustin O'Hara over at the Art of Craftsmanship, um, Alex at Outdoors 55, Jimmy DiResta, and all of them commented on his picture. Thank you so much, guys, for commenting. And, you know, he late last night, he's like pounding on my door and he's like, Jimmy DiResta commented on my thing and Dustin from the Art of Craftsmanship commented on my thing and and um it's just, it's just, dude, that is like the, I know it just seems like a minor thing to us, but to him, it was a huge deal that he was getting accolades from people that he had been following for so long. So it was worth it. I'm sorry I missed the podcast. Christmas is coming. Um, 
I appreciate you guys so much uh, for following along and uh, and being a patron. We have a whole bunch of new patrons, and in the na- next episode, right in the beginning of the next episode, I will make it a point to shout you all out uh, and connect with you guys. Uh, you know, so that you understand that um, we're seeing your uh, patronage, and I and that is just huge because I think in the last like two weeks we've gotten five more patrons, so huge. Big deal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You made this 2021, which could have been a really terrible year for me, the best year I think I've ever had on planet Earth. So thank you so much, guys. And I appreciate you. I hope you all have a good working week, hard work and good luck. Until next time. Have a great day. Great week. Great year. Great final whatever. Great holiday. Do it up. All right. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.